Hi there. If this is your first time listening, I am your host, Paige Whalen, and welcome to the Wana Fam. Our mission is to shape the future by talking about mental illness, MI, and reduce stigma associated with mental health. This podcast provides a stigma-free zone for people to share their stories and help others, especially those in crisis situations. If you or someone you know are having suicidal thoughts or a plan, stop listening to this podcast and call 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-TALK or text HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741-741. It's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, and they provide 24-7 support to people in crisis situations. This podcast is about opening up. So remember, we want you to stay with us. You're important, and you're not alone because we are not alone. I wanted more than a song out of you. But a song I guess for now will have to do. We sure had ourselves a time When I was yours and you were mine We went out wearing wigs With that tattoo on your ribs Love her, but leave her wild I'm glad I didn't see your eyes Like brown and bold of surprise When you learned I was just a man Cold judgment in my hand Is this bomb or what? I'm not quite sure yet. Now we can both hear ourselves. So if we get too close, then we can. Go! Ouch! <laughs> oh my god! You just did it to me. It's been recording too. I know. I'm gonna use that. Hello, Matthew. How you doing, AK? I missed you this week. I know. Because start, you know. You started a new job. I'm so proud of you. I did. I'm very thankful for that. Yeah, we're not going to go into too much detail, but it's literally Matthew's dream job. Pretty much. It's pretty awesome. I'm very proud of you. Yeah. And this week is so great for Juana. Number one, thank you, everybody who has been listening and subscribing. Thank you Um, so much. We are really learning a lot about you guys, and... So, this episode is tailored to, you know, adolescence listening to this podcast. Absolutely. Thank you for listening, and welcome to the Wana Fam. So, in honor of Alex Trebek, the host of Jeopardy, he recently shared that he was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. And so, to kind of pay homage to his bravery um, for opening up and being like, I'm going to be a badass and I'm still going to host Jeopardy because AI is not going to beat me, period. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. I've been doing that for like ever. I know, right? So, we're going to play a little game of mental health trivia. Number one, for any adult living in the United States, the chance of suffering from a diagnosable mental disorder in a given year is A, about 1 in 100, or 1%. B, the food's ready. Oh, gosh. Okay, this is a raw podcast, guys. We're just cooking dinner. All right, so let's start over. Any adult living in the U.S., chance of suffering from a diagnosable mental... Diagnosable. In a given year is about 1 in 100, 1%. 
B, about 1 in 20 or 5%, C, about 1 in 4, 25%, or D, about 1 in 2, 50%? Um, 25% for sure. All right. Well, ding, ding, ding. You got it. The answer is C for 300 points. I'll take that. About 1 in 4 or 25%. Percent of mental disorders are common in the U.S. and internationally, and an estimated of 26.2 percent of Americans ages 18 and older, and that's about one in four people, suffer from a diagnosable MI in a given year. So, one point for Matthew. Boom. Number two. This is a great way to segue real quick. Like that's what we're doing. This. It's not something that's not around you. It's everywhere. Um. One in four or one in five people you know probably are suffering from something regardless of what it is. And it might just be momentary or it could be just like a, a piece of piece yeah. of depression. And if you think about it like from the census perspective, what do people have like two and a half kids or a yep. picket half fence or something? Something like that. Like so that's like four people. So one in that family well, will suffer from some sort of am I. Yeah. And it's not that, but, like, you think about, it, like, if you're extended family, like, you're going to have people in your life, you're going to know somebody, and that's what's important to reach out when you can. Right. And that's number two. True or false? Mental disorders are the leading cause of disability in the United States and Canada for ages 15 to 44. False. This is actually true. Uh and this information was collected from a study conducted by the National Institute for Mental Health. I thought you were trying to trick me up on that one. <laughs> no, it's, it's true, man. It's kind of crazy. And, um, the NIMH, the article is called The Numbers Count Mental wow. Disorders in America. So, yeah, leading cause of disability, 15 to 44. Am I? That's important, yeah. All right. True or false, mental health issues are rare. False. Ding, ding, ding. You're right. Okay, about one in five adolescents between the ages of 15 and 24 report a mental disorder, substance abuse, or learning disability. And between 50 and 20% of the Canadian adolescent population suffers from reported mental disorders as well. Makes sense to me. Yeah, I mean, way before that, so it makes sense. And I really want to get into that in a after this Alex Trebek tribute. <laughs> Lastly, which celebrity has not publicly addressed their personal experiences with MI? Is it A, Adele, B, Ryan Reynolds, C, Beyonce, or D, J.K. Rowling? Which celebrity has not has not Can publicly. Or something here. <laughs> Google? No, I'm in charge of the computer. Do not... Which celebrity has not publicly addressed their personal experiences with MI? A. Adele. B. Ryan Reynolds. C. Beyonce. Or D. J.K. Rowling. Beyonce. Uh, trick question. Answer is all of them. Really? All of these celebrities. J.K. Rowling was pretty open about her challenges when she was like a mom with her daughter, like writing the books, like just sitting around. Like I had no idea. Yeah, she experienced depression, and same Adele, Ryan Reynolds, anxiety, Beyonce. Like everyone has this thing about covering it up, you know. All right, so love you, Alex Trebek. Yeah, we do. That was a good one away in trivia. Okay, so to the meat of the podcast. Uh-oh. 
Today's topic is adolescence and am I today? So, one of our episodes is called Structure is Bomb, Call Your Mom. Always. It's one of our most popular episodes. My mom is freaking the bomb. Um, For those of you who don't know, she is a mental health advocate and um, a computer science high school teacher and adjunct professor. Um, So today, mm -hmm, um, one of her students had a terrible anxiety attack. um, And she told me it was much like one of my bad ones that I've she's experienced in the past and it's really scary um she thought he was having a seizure and then she called the nurse and the nurse came by to get him and he just couldn't stop he couldn't stop because when you're in that anxiety period like you really can't see any way out i mean you what's your experience with your first anxiety attack your first panic attack what were you feeling because we don't know if this was the student's first one. No. I mean, mine was way later in life. So, like, I can't, like, when I was in high school, I didn't have a panic attack in the forms that I had later on. So, uh, my first panic attack, I was, like, 26. And so, the other things happened in high school, but, like, panic attack was, like, that didn't happen for, like, at that time for me. Yeah. How did it feel for your first panic attack, even if you were 26? I went to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was seen in the hospital. Pumped a full out of van. Got told it was a panic attack, and I had no idea. Like and I, that's it, right? Yeah, it it's like, a panic attack. Here's the volume. I Goodbye. I, I thought it was a heart attack. I mean, the fire department was called. I was taken on a stretcher. I like it was bad, mm-hmm. you know. And it turned out. That and for high school students to experience this has got to be for anybody. Exactly. Like, yes, exactly. For like, anybody. Or anybody experience that it's it's hell on earth like you you just feel like you're dying and can you imagine high school like even that happening in front of one person let alone a teacher if you're not like in control which obviously the student wasn't however my mom is trained in this and she is my mother so luckily she was That's probably the best experience. person yeah. yeah to help out with that student yeah I mean like, I can't imagine like, I, I can't necessarily... I mean, there's things that have happened to me, but they're different. So put myself in that person's shoes. I can't. All I can say is, that, you know, I don't even know what to say. Mm-hmm. Words are a loss. Well... It's a little bit too raw. Since you're... It is a... It's not a little. It is raw. Um, we are actually looking to interview um, counselors or teaching aides or any... Um, nurses at high school since our audience really is um between the ages of 13 and 25 um you will be completely anonymous um we would just like to open up the conversation and let people know that this is something that you know you deal with every day you experience every day it's a normal situation and um we're going to talk more here in a minute about like why it's more prevalent today and some of the factors that go into that. Um, but I wanted to kind of segue. Yeah, Matthew, like you mentioned earlier in the episode that you have experienced um, learning disabilities. 
Yeah, like so. Those of you who's listening for the first time, um, some of the background is like I was diagnosed in second grade um, with a host of learning disabilities. Um, at the time, and still today, like we do those standardized tests, there's like IQ tests built in, and mine was extremely low. And so I got tested for multiple like multiple different things. Long story short, um, different time frames. So it was part of exclusion. So. I was in part of an English class from second grade until I got into eighth grade. You mean like kind of a remedial course, maybe? It was different. Like I was sent to like a special place with a special teacher, like in another room. Like a speech pathologist? No, it was uh, maybe. Like that was long ago. Yeah. Um, not necessarily my speech, but it was like someone that was specialized in like special education to help me learn how to read because right. like hooked on phonics didn't work for me. All right, so the heart of this topic is, like, you did not want to be treated, like, you didn't want to be treated differently than anyone else, so you refused help. I did, so... um, Was it because of stigma, or was it it because of... stigma. So, from the time I was in second grade to the time I was a junior in high school, and the reason that when my junior year I, I left the high school I was at... And I was my only guardian for lots of different reasons. So at that point, when I was at high school, I could actually say, I, because my parents weren't there to sign off on the test, they couldn't reevaluate me. Different state, um, I wasn't able to be back into the learning disability programs, and I didn't want to be. So, because I hated them. Um, like, I'll be honest. Straight up. Yeah. I mean, like, I hated being in a class with one teacher, and all my friends are in honors, you know, English and this and that while I'm in this back room and been in a regular English class since I can remember. So there was a stigma on that. They don't really do that anymore, from mm-hmm. what I understand. Um, well, it's definitely inclusive curriculum. Yep. You don't separate and kind of segregate people yep. who might need a little more time away from the general population because exactly. that only increases stigma because it, you know... It extends that perception of the other, yeah, right? Yeah. And that's super philosophical, guys. Like, I got a couple masters. Matthew has a like, philosophy degree. <laughs> I like to read. But, you know, so, but when, I, when I got the chance, I got rid of everything. And I stopped all the way through college. I never went back and got my accommodations that I was, that I was supposed to be given. Uh, I took my... Well, you had the option of them. I you did, just didn't accept I, I didn't want to because it was always a stigma. Like, right. And we angry. talked earlier about mm-hmm. um, like a leg up versus a hand up. Mm-hmm. And you were like, no, it's not. I, I perceived it as a hand out. And so now I'm like, it's a hand up. Or that's what you said. Yep. It's a hand up. And I said, no, legs are stronger. It's a leg up, not yeah, a I hand agree, up. I still like the saying it's a hand up versus a hand out. And at the time, I proceeded as a handout, saying that I wasn't smart enough. So that's why they had to give me extra time. Right. That's why they had to do those things. And that's why I didn't take my SATs and ACTs untimed. Like, I had the right to. Um, that's why I didn't do those things. But that was because I was being a stubborn idiot. And it was to my own detriment. Um, because, I mean, it's funny. On those tests, it showed, like... My scores and everything else, amazing. <laughs> On the reading part, like, it was just like... Did you even read yeah, this? Really or were you trying like, to write it? Try to do this? <laughs> I, think I, time. I love it. Well, just to c- 
kind of maybe flip that over from my experience. Every opportunity I had to get help, I tried to take. And it took me until I was 20, so right out of my teens. So for the teenagers who are listening, the young adolescents who might be experiencing depression and anxiety. Real quick. No. Except the legs up. I was 19 when I first saw a therapist. Right on. And I didn't know why. However, everybody, if you're in college, you have a counseling service. Free. And it's free. Any <laughs> college, it's always free if you're a student there. It's amazing. They have great people there. It's um, true. I highly recommend it. I've done it myself. Like, and at the in the description of this podcast, we're going to provide some health health info lines for you um, so you don't feel like you just have to call the suicide hotline. Like There are many other resources out there for you. Oh, there's so many crisis hotlines everywhere all the time. So let's real quick. Um, Matthew and my mother and I, we had dinner last night, and one of the major topics of discussion came up um, which was why all of a sudden is adolescent anxiety and depression, all of these MI symptoms and like people coming at students and adolescents coming and asking for, why is it more prevalent today? And is it more prevalent? Exactly. That was your question. I agree with that. Like it's just like learning disabilities in whole. Like they've always been there. We're just starting to understand them and talk about them and diagnose them. Like our awareness is there now. It's just like every other disease. Like it's like saying, why is there so much more cancer now? It's always been here. It's just we're now diagnosing it for the first time. Like exactly, it's not that simple. But. And it seems alarming, especially like in the trivia we were talking about the celebrities. It it's I. Th- I kind of love that celebrities are coming out and be like, no, I deal with this too, Mm -hmm. because it decreases stigma. And I think a lot of the adolescent population is coming out now, number one, because this is according to theanxietycenter.com and the CDC. And um, they ask, so why the dramatic rise in alarming trends of adolescent depression and anxiety? And some of these are... Increased parental pressures, which is what we talked about at dinner, which was so funny because my adoption of social media, um, financial performance pressures, especially for like, or whatever they're talking about, like careers, um, increase in dramatic events and violence and terrorism and like the days we're living in today, it instills fear. But that's funny though, like I will say, like I can argue against a lot of these points just because like the acts of violence, we go back historically, we go back 25, 35 years, let's go back to 1970, I was going Chicago, my home city because I know the stats. Right now, there is still a lot of killings a year, there's like 500 something, right? Way too many. But you go back to 1970, there was over a thousand a year. So there's that's an incremental change. I know, but different. life was the easier then in terms of survival and work. Like you can go out and like kill a deer, or whatever you're talking about. And but societal norms they've changed, and it's making it more difficult on our health, physiologically and emotionally. And the research says this because it's affecting everyone, not just the adolescents. And we're way more aware of what's going on around us today than we were like. 35, 45 years ago. I exactly. I think that does have an effect, and so I think that's what they're actually saying. And we do, since we have a rising trend of MI and, you know, 
suicidal ideation and plans, like people coming out about it, mm-hmm. I feel like the resources are depleting because in the previous generation in history, you didn't really need that many resources because they didn't realize that it was an epidemic, you know, or that people really were experiencing these symptoms. I would agree with that. I think we're also, I think there's a lot more awareness now. I think there's a lot more resources now than there were even five years ago, especially when we talk about just the veteran suicide rate, which is astronomically ridiculous. Um, because of what they've gone through and talking about that I think that has opened a conversation especially when it comes to suicide in, in general because yeah. it, it is such a massive issue uh, and some people that like, I had a lot of friends who have served overseas and so I hear a lot about it I've talked a lot about it I know people so this is something that's a really big issue that it's brought it into the mainstream, at least it's being talked about a lot more. And I think that's a great thing. And so... It is because... And the resources honest, today are okay. not what they were five years ago. Right. I mean, every day there's more resources that are there to help all of us. And typically, like, stigma, in my opinion, is the biggest barrier to mental health care because it manifests um, in societal distancing where people with... Am I isolate from others? Mm-hmm. And so they don't know how to accept help. They don't know how to ask for it, which is, I mean, this is according to the World Health Organization. Um, it's Absolutely. the, am I is the biggest economic burden of any health issue in the world. And it cost $2.5 trillion in 2010. Absolutely. And projected $6 trillion by 2030. Mm-hmm. And that's just attributed to disability and a loss of work. And like we talked about before in our trivia, the, you know. One in four, one in five. No, the mental disorders are the leading cause of disability in the U.S. for 15 to 44. So that is a major um, number one budget issue. And no, not number one. Budget. Societal issue. Number two, budget. Like, get it together. Societal, I would say, I mean, like, I think a lot of it also has to be about resources for those people and, like, the, the type that they have in certain other countries. I, I you know, you go to Scandinavia, you go to Germany, you go to those places, uh, mental health is much more looked after than it is here. Um, and so I think changing, and we're doing that, that's why we're opening the conversation, making it more of a norm, more insurance. We are trying today. to be a resource. More insurance companies today will pay for 60 visits a year, which is more than once a week. Mm-hmm. I mean, you still have to pay your copay, but like that wasn't the case 25 years ago when I first got health insurance. It was like, I got 20 visits, and that's it. Yeah. You know? Um, and so I think it's progressive, but we still have a long way to go. We do. And I think that's very like stunning. I had no idea that that much of the reason for disability was meant to, was MI. I had no clue. So, basically, um, for this is what I want to sign off on before we do our Mastering Self-Soothe, um, is that in psychology today... They say research suggests that the majority of people who hold negative attitudes and stereotypes towards people with MI think they are crazy or weird and refer to them as so. And these terms are associated to those people into adulthood as well. And so they internalize that identity. And what 
we are trying to do, Matthew, high five, is let you know that, you know what? That's not true. Fuck that. Mom, sorry. Mom told us to stop cussing since yeah. we're talking to teenagers. <laughs> I was like, Mom, they're making up more curse words every day in the classroom than you could possibly No, but imagine. at the end of the day, it's like, you know, I thought that my entire youth, like, I was, um, I had sports that made me feel good, but, like, in school, I never felt equal to, especially when I had a sister who was a super achiever, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, the best we can do is seek mental health support yep, from available health, resources. Like, yeah. And work at making families healthy one person at a time. Exactly. Right? Like, so we own a. My family supported it the whole way. Like when I wanted to, when I told them I wanted help, they supported me. So, like at the end of the day, there's people there that you would never think. My parents are way old school. Yeah, just reach out. Like you never know. You never know. And my parents are way old school and like asking for help when it comes to MI. Like, they said they did. They help, and that's something that like most people would never bet on. Not even me. That's a judgment. No. But now you would. Exactly. But they did, and so it was, you know, I asked, and they were there, even though I wasn't sure. Well, I'm happy they're there for you. Always. All right, mastering self-soothe. You go first. Oh, I am excited for this weekend because I get to go down to by South by Southwest and I get to pitch some water stuff, give out some business cards, and uh, maybe interview a few of y'all if you come down and say hi to us. We'll be at the Handlebar on Saturday between 2 and 5 for a little bit. Yeah. Um, if you're in the area, we'll be there. Come outside. We'll come talk to you. Yep. If you want to interview, talk podcast. to us, give us your story, completely anonymous, just write it down and hand it to us. That's all we need. Mm-hmm. We're going to be sponsored by Charity Charge, so check them out, charitycharge.com. Awesome. And for your self-soothe? My self-soothe is, um, you know, Saturday morning, I start my running again. It's going to I'm, be so off or something. I'm so excited. It's going to be, the weather's going to be somewhat nice. There's supposedly a cold front coming through, but I don't care. Oh, so Saturday, it's on. It's own. All right, my mastery. Uh, I already did today. I bought. Hello, puppy. I bought a book <gasps> by Cleo Wade, and she is being called like the Oprah for millennials or something. And she's a poet, and basically her whole mission is. You want to change the world? Start by being brave enough to care. And check out her TED Talk. Um, I bought her book. It is Heart Talk, Poetic Wisdom for a Better Life by Cleo Wade. And no one's day is what you think it is. Be extra loving if you can. And I'm going to meditate for myself, Soothe, on that statement. Because no one's day is what you think it is. Be extra loving if you can. And I think that's a huge part of our mission. It is. Matthew, any last words? Until no further? No. Have a great weekend. Be safe. And if you know anyone in need, just reach out and tell people you love them when you can. Yeah. Check us out on iTunes. Um, subscribe, rate, review, comment, please. Yes, please comment. We will, re- we will definitely message you back. Yeah. And I'm very excited for... There are some big things coming up. Like, I'm excited for it. We're going to let you know 
as soon as they're solidified so you guys can join on in. Very exciting. Okay. Have a good weekend, y'all. Until next time, remember you are not alone because we are no Alamo. Ciao for now. Cheers. I wanted more than a song out of you. But a song I guess for now will have to do. We sure had ourselves a time When I was yours and you were mine We went out wearing wigs With that tattoo on your ribs Lover, but leave her wild I'm glad that I didn't see your eyes. What do you call a can opener that doesn't work? What? A can't opener. Ha ha ha.